0: that intersects with this one? Yes. You see, our planet has a dual existence. It shifts between this dimension and another. What causes these shifts? Well, we're not entirely sure. Dural has been studying the phenomenon. With only limited success, I'm afraid. My theory is that the dimensional shifts are caused by fluctuations in Meridian's quantum matrix, fluctuations that are somehow triggered by our own Sun. What's it like, this dimension of yours? It's hard to explain. It's without form. We exist as pure consciousness. And meridian. It becomes non-corporeal as well. But when we return to this dimension, everything is just as we left it. The buildings, the trees, even our bodies. Are you saying that when you return here, it's as if no time has passed? We only age when we're in corporeal form sounds like this other dimension has its advantages. Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time, and that whenever and wherever you happen to be, in this world filled with quantum weirdness I hope that you were able to survive this weekend and that you've been able to unravel and sort out just all of this energy oh my god you guys we are going through it we are really going through it um, over the weekend we entered into a solar wind stream we had a lunar eclipse i mean a solar eclipse the moon was in front of the sun two weeks ago was the opposite we had a lunar eclipse two weeks ago and we had a solar eclipse and uh, it affected sagittarius and gemini's more than anybody else although you know it affected me also so i'm assuming it affected everybody else as well on one level or another um, and now that I have my Instagram back people uh, were reporting on all the accounts that I follow they're all reporting like intense emotional um, events as well as intense emotional um, outbursts and outpouring that seem random and weird and um, unexplainable other than, shit, look what's going on in the sky, look what's going on, and all these different conjunctions, and the astrology is insane, and the sun is going crazy, and um, yesterday we had, I think it was like yesterday, we had, a, yeah, I guess, a, an M-class flare, and a super high irradiated ultraviolet light flashed, and came our way and it knocked out any and all radio, ham radio operators, anything in the Indian ocean was just like down. (laughs) Um, And that was not even facing us. It was on like the other side of the sun and it flashed so bright and it was so intense that it came our way. And that was in the past 24 hours. Um, So much stuff. I in the past week, and a half I suppose I don't know exactly why I mean like you guys know I'm not an astrologer I'm very fascinated by this stuff I'm very interested in it I'm still learning when it comes to um astrology and all of this stuff but I'm gonna try to unravel it a little bit just if I I took notes on what was going on in my own life um because I know other people are having similar things going on in their own lives. So this is what I have. Um, this is for the new moon. This is, I I wrote new moon feelings is the name of my little note that I took, but it's, it's actually a pretty big note. Um, I wrote the CME hit today. Solar winds hit today. Massive lunar eclipse yesterday. Some portal supposedly opened or some portal closed. I'm not sure what. (laughs) Because people were like reporting like I think both things maybe. But it was a brand new moon today and some wild shit has happened. So I'm trying to sort out my feelings here. (laughs) This is like what I, this is what I'm doing. I'm like going down the line trying to figure this out. Um. I'm going to skip over some of the details. Okay. But basically, um, I was contacted by three exes. I was contacted by a friend who, um, is acting all kinds of toxic towards me starting Fights and making wild accusations about me, like three or four really wild accusations. She's getting everything that I um, said, not to her. She and I have never had a fight, ever, Um, but her husband and I had fights because he was um, abusing and disrespecting me, and I pretty much said, I think this friendship's over. Uh, Bye. (laughs) Six months ago. And now this shit is coming back again. And I don't exactly know why (laughs) it was like totally random. And what was funny is you guys know if you've been listening to the show for the past, you know, two weeks that I was hacked. My Instagram uh, account was hacked for eight days. I had zero access to the account. And some of you I'm you, you became my friends because you were my listeners on my show and contacted me via Instagram. And we became very good friends, like extremely close friends. And this person who started the fights, she and I've spent maybe what, five, six days of our entire lives together. That's it. I mean, I've known her for four years, but I don't really truly know her. I've only spent partial days with her for like, five or six times ever maybe maybe seven or eight I mean to be fair maybe eight or nine honestly but still not that long you know less than two weeks and yet when the hackers talked about my uh, when the hackers talked about uh, you know they said it like as if it was me that I made $10,000 and it's like dude I'm not a douchebag I'm not gonna brag about making $10,000 online right because a it wasn't me and it was hackers and b that's just rude right (laughs) you know like suddenly i'm gonna redirect you guys to some random person who may or may not you know be a scam artist also and yeah just talk to my mentor blah 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 anyway this person took it upon herself to contact me and um like really harsh on me basically just being very toxic like oh, now that you're really, really rich, when we come to visit you, you're not going to charge us for water and ice cube trays. Ha, 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 ha. And I was like, whoa. This is about when her husband stole over $100 worth of food from me when I had no money and he was my roommate and he was disrespecting me and like using my food and Uh, like not telling me lying about it, yelling and screaming and being very, very abusive. And if you guys have been with me for a long time and you heard like in season um, four, I was going through this, like my, my son had been very abusive towards me. It was really bad. My mental health was declining. And then he left. And like uh, about two months later, um, our, uh, family friend, he, he came and lived with me. Well, I thought I knew him well, and I did not know him as well as I thought, because when I lived with him and he was in my home, he caused me massive amounts of PTSD. He put my, my cat in harm's way when she was just a wee kitten. And, um, I was just, I mean, every day there was something, you know, um, he was extremely messy, he was he like disrespectful to the point of like eating like an ice cream bar thing and then crumpling it up like the, the trash and throwing it not in the trash right next to him, but throwing it a little bit farther so that it landed on my foot and then like, excuse me, you know, like have a little respect. And he's like, you know, screaming at me for the next ten minutes that well your cat was in the trash. It's like, yeah, she's an animal. Are you comparing yourself to a cat? You're telling me you're dumber than a cat? Like you can't, you know, it was just that kind of stuff. I mean, but like belligerently screaming at me like a drunken maniac, even though he had not been drinking. And and he had this over the top crazy reaction every time. And it was like every day like this for two and a half months, he would not leave yeah, you know, I kept saying, I've got to move. I've got to leave. I've got to, this is the end of my lease. Now I've got to go. I could only put you up for so, so much time. I'm moving to the coast and he literally didn't leave until like an hour before I had to leave and my house wasn't packed and it was like ridiculous. Like the whole thing was ridiculous. And so anyway, he had his wife contact me to basically be a, a complete dick to me, <laughs> you know? And it was like, what? Like I I literally told her, first of all, I charged him money for things he used because he lied to me. He disrespected me. He went behind my back and he ate all of my food, you know, so I ordered the food and I knew exactly how much I had for the whole month. And then suddenly two weeks later, I have no more food. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, so of course, you know, if, if I had invited him to eat my food, I wouldn't have been a, you know, wouldn't have been a problem. If you're a guest in my home for a day or two, that's not a problem. I freely and willingly share my food. But when you're my roommate and you're going behind my back and like purposely setting your alarm for three hours before I get up so you can fiendishly sit in the corner and eat all of my food, then I'm sorry, son, I'm going to charge you money for that because that's, really ridiculous. Right? So anyway, so I forgot about it. I forgave them. I was just like, dude, I don't want, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. I'm over here, over it, over you, over it. Bye. You know? And then six months later, randomly, she responds to something the hackers say, which tells me she doesn't know me at all. And, I mean, I went to their wedding, even her own friends didn't even make it to her wedding. You know, I was like her only friend at her wedding. It was crazy and I barely know her. And she had like six or seven people that were her friends from high school and not one of them showed up to her wedding. I think maybe one showed up like at the end of the reception after they were done with work and everyone else just kind of blew her off. You know, and she's a very sweet person. So it was odd, it was so odd. And that's what happened this week. Like she comes at me randomly out of nowhere after six whole months when what I thought was the fight being over it, with her husband and she started the whole shit up again. And I'm like, dude, this, you know what I mean? Like this was like, I put this in the past. I moved on. I moved away. <laughs> I'm in a whole nother world. I'm in a whole nother state or province. I live in a different place. I'm, I have new friends. I have a brand new life over here. You know, and you're you're bringing this up and taking it out on me as if that that post was even mine. You know, if you had like bothered to write to me on Facebook to say, uh, did you post that? But she believed that that was me, and so I was just like, you don't know me. You've never paid attention to me, and she accused me of all kinds of stuff that had nothing to do with me. And I, and it had, it just smacked of the narcissist husband. She's married to (laughs) triangulating between me and her. And like, it was just like dumb, 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 dumb shit. Right. So that kind of, so that kind of toxic bullshit that went on for two or three days. I was contacted by my very first boyfriend who the last like couple years ago. And I mentioned this last week, you know, like a couple years ago, he was depressed and told me he was suicidal and he was really upset and then he literally just stopped writing any posts and he left all the social media. I thought something happened to him. I was desperate to contact him. I tried to contact his, um, his uh, foster father who I'm very good friends with or used to be very good friends with and no one's came back to me and I'm like, are they all dead? Like I was just really scared because I've lost a lot of people in my life in the past uh, few years and that always, you know it's like when people don't get back to me at first I was like upset and angry and then mad at myself what did I do and beating myself up and then come to find out six months to a year later oh shit they're actually dead well now they do have a good excuse (laughs) for not getting back to me and so then when people don't contact me I have this complex of well shit maybe they're dead oh my god oh my god I don't think it's me anymore I'm just waiting to find out one way or the other are they dead or you know did I actually say something wrong (laughs) you know So it's just like, ah, and so this person contacted me, thank God. And then he ghosted me for like several days and maybe he was just busy. I don't know what's going on. Like he'll say hi and then don't talk to me for two days and then hi. And then don't talk to me for a whole day. And I'm like, what the hell kind of shit is that? Right. But now we got into a regular rhythm of talking again. Thank God. So I think he was shy and easing himself into it. So I don't feel weird about, about that, but When I wrote this, I was like, what the hell? Why would he just get in touch with me just to ghost me right again and again and again (laughs) in a real three times in a row? Like what? So it was just like, and he's a Virgo like me. I know he has good communication skills, so it's been freaking me out a little bit. But then I realized all this other weird shit has been happening to me all week. In fact, for the past two weeks since this, since the lunar eclipse to the solar eclipse, All kinds of weird shit has been going on. I mean, obviously, I had the the hacking situation happened, and my um, two of my exes um, contacted me um, from, like, the last time I was in California. That was really weird. Um, I was overwhelmed. I was feeling overwhelmed. I was kind of... um, overwhelmed by a bunch of different things like I'm not with my twin flame yet and you know seems like everybody else who thought they would never ever get together their twin flame already found their twin flame they're already back together with them and everything is going well for everybody else and I'm like what the hell I'm just sitting here in Ecuador with my cat going uh, what the butt like how come I don't have my my love with me I'm working on myself actively you know, (laughs) in every possible way you know, so what is happening? So I was kind of overwhelmed and in, in feeling like a little bit of sorrow that my, my beloved is not with me, even though he and I did have like a week where we didn't talk by a telepathy. His only way I can talk to this guy. I don't have his number. I don't even know where he's at in the world right now. He's a very famous person. But every now and again, he'll like, hey, I want to talk to you. Okay, fine. Now we're having a telepathic conversation and I feel and I realized in the past two weeks it's very possible that he thinks he's going crazy talking to a random woman in his head maybe thinking that um, if he did contact me thinking I'm the one because I told him my name over and over again (laughs) and how to get in touch with me that he might he might feel like I'm going to reject him and go, what the hell are you talking about? Tele- telepathy, what? <laughs> are you crazy, man? I'm not going to do that to him, but it's possible he's thinking that he's going crazy. It's very, very much, um, you know, that kind of an energy, like in the past, since over the weekend. And then when the... Um, I guess the CME hit us. The, the solar eclipse was happening. And right when um, it was happening, I got this overwhelmingly sad out of nowhere, not even knowing why the fuck this is happening. I got this horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach and in my heart. And I felt this overwhelming Oh, it's so hard to talk about. This overwhelming sadness and sense of loss that I, um, Oh God. And I didn't know why I was just like, what? And I just like, I was fine. And then all of a sudden I just started, bur- I burst out into tears. I started crying. I'm like, why am I so fucking depressed out of nowhere? Why am I in a, a state of shock? I felt like something really horrible happened to me even though I was just sitting here watching a movie right I'm doing nothing and out of nowhere I have this tremendous shock and I started crying and I'm like I don't know what just happened but something horrible just happened and I was really upset I immediately of course contacted my kids and they're both okay thank god it wasn't my kids so that was like really really weird and uh, I found out at that at that time, I found out the next day that at that time when I had this overwhelming sense of shock and loss, my godmother passed away. So she was my aunt, and her brother, my uncle, was my godfather, and he's the one that passed away like a year ago. Well, it, it, not even a year ago, maybe... I don't know, like in January or something. I can't even remember. I've like repressed it because it was so sad. So both my, all of my parents are gone. My godparents are gone. I don't have any backup parents. I've got my, my. Uh, I do have my, my stepdad who, you know, he writes to me like once every two or three years and um, has like a maybe two-minute conversation with me. That's being generous. Maybe it's like, you know, one, one text, and then I answer, and then one more text, and then that's about it. And then my, um, my birth father stopped talking to me like 12 years ago. So, but that's, so I have like zero backup. I have no more parents left. Even my friend, my best friend, Amber, she died a couple of years ago and I don't have her anymore. And she was like my mom away from mom. I used to call her. <laughs> she was quite a bit older than me and we went to school together and we both got our degrees together and... She, she and I are redheads and green eyes and we looked a lot alike and people thought we were mom and daughter and we told everyone in Santa Barbara, we were mother and daughter and everyone believed us, but she'd given up a a little baby, um, within a couple years of when I was born and I had been adopted and given up by my own mother, you know, about the same time. So we just kind of felt this like crazy connection. And so it was just like, all right. And what's weird and ironic about that is my birth mother had met a woman that was my age who had been given up for adoption and she was also a green eyed redhead and um, my grandmother was green eyed redhead and my mom knew that I was a green eyed redhead as well because my grandmother held me in the hospital when I was born before they gave me away to strangers basically and adopted me out. So, you know, so it's like, even my mom had like, a, you know, like she had the daughter away from daughter and I had the mom away from mom. It was like, so weird. My mom and I were so much alike. Didn't meet her until I was 30, but we were, when we met, we had like all the same habits. I mean, I can't believe how much genetics plays a role in who we are personality wise. Even it was really in the way our thinking patterns, like it was really crazy it was cool to find that out. It was like, wow. Okay. So it wasn't, it was nature, not nurture. And I wasn't nurtured as a kid. I had a very group in a very toxic, abusive household. So it was like pretty crazy. But one of the most beautiful things of my childhood was my aunt Margaret. And my aunt Margaret was the one who just passed away. And she would buy me the coolest coloring books with stickers like Back in the day when the stickers, you don't just unpeel them and stick them on. You had to lick them and they tasted disgusting. I don't know if any of you were old, are old enough to remember those kind of stickers. They were terribly disgusting tasting, probably toxic. <laughs> I think they made me feel a little funny. I remember feeling a little woozy once or twice because I had done too many stickers. <laughs> and um, But she had given me this one about the ocean and I always loved the ocean and I think in some way she kind of instilled this love of the ocean in me because she bought me this book that talked about all the fish in the ocean and all like the mammals, the sea creatures and what they eat and what they weigh. And I mean, it was like a science book and it was like for years, you know, like older than my age at the time. And so I was really fascinated by it because I was always like reading like, you know, several grades above my own grade level. And so she was like the only person that got me, you know, she's the only one that saw how intelligent I was and, and actually gave me credit for it where everyone else would just like, Oh, whatever. You're just a little kid, whatever. And you know, she would like engage me and talk to me and teach me things and things that like the stupid, I don't know if you guys remember the teeth thing that, um, it was like a red tablet you had to chew Um, you have to brush your teeth and then you have to chew this red tablet, which will dye any junk you left on your teeth to show you where you're not brushing your teeth correctly. And it was a thing. I don't know if they do that anymore, but when I was a little kid, this is a thing that the school would do once a year to um, promote um, dental hygiene. And my parents didn't have any time for me and they made my aunt do this with me. And so she was very, diligent in picking up the slack, you know, when my parents couldn't be there, you know, like when they got a divorce and then my dad got remarried and then my dad got divorced or an annulment and then got remarried a third time. I mean, I mean, my parents were like a fucking mess and my aunt was consistent with me. And, you know, even when I got lice at school, God forbid, you know, she actually washed my, um, hair with a crappy soap and my mom would come over and wash my hair with a crappy soap. My, my, um, mom did not have custody of me at all, but she came over, you know, one or two nights. My aunt was the one and my aunt Evelyn also, and she's still alive. Thank God. Yeah. Knock on wood. She'll be here with us for a good long time. But anyway, so the whole, um, my whole weekend, like my whole day yesterday, my whole day today was just having these kinds of memories about my beautiful aunt who, um, had such a shitty run of luck with men. And I'm not going to go into her details and put those out there publicly, but she's, um, you know, her husband betrayed her in one of the worst ways a husband can. And, and it was just like, she was devastated from that. She never got together with another man. Again, after he died, she just sat there like pretty much hating men. Like, fuck, I'm not gonna trust another person because I'm not gonna put myself out there. And I could see that I mean I I, you know because of what went down I just feel like yeah that's you know he purposely did not not only did he he had all the means to provide it her and and their daughter and did not so in fact um, purposely gave away the family fortune to a stranger Um, I'll just put it that way but anyway so I I reached out to my um, my cousin who's quite a bit younger than me. She's like in her twenties and now she's lost both her parents. And so everyone was like, everyone in the family's like riding back and forth. How's she doing? How's she doing? What are we going to do? How can we support her? You know, we love her. We want to make sure she knows that we love her. We're here for her. We are her family. We're not going to abandon her, you know? And I was just feeling all kinds of guilty because I just, I don't have any regular steady income. I don't want to spend $1,200 $1,200 or, you know, with, you know, on flights and, you know, food and, and hotel bills and all that would be, I mean, it'd be like $2,000 that, you know, and I don't have an income right now. So I was feeling really guilty about that. So I was having these kinds of emotions, you know, like what you do when, when you have um, a, the death of a loved one, you know, you know, just all the stuff that goes through your head and, But with my aunt, you know, I I had no fights with her. I had one moment in my life that I was a little mad at her, or I was uh, not really mad, but more like uh, frustrated with her. But then I realized later it was because of her husband. Um, He put her in a position where she could not come to my graduation. So nobody from my dad's side of the family bothered or could come to my graduation when I graduated from university, the only people there were my mom and my grandma and nobody else, you know, I mean my boyfriend at the time and he was a dick and a total toxic jerk and also narcissist. He brought his ex-girlfriend cause that's what they like to do. The triangulation shit, you know, let's, uh, you know, upstage you with, um, you know, my ex-girlfriend, like, it was just like, what the hell, why are you inviting her? You know, it's not like I didn't like her. She was actually a very sweet person, but it was just awkward as fuck, you know? And so, but I remember thinking, I really, really want my aunt there. And she just like, couldn't, you know, stand up to her husband and she couldn't, you know, just say we're closing down the shop for two hours and celebrate this person who had such a hard life, but she met one of her goals, which is a really big deal in our family. I was like the second or third person in the family, maybe only in the history of the whole ancestors of the family to even get a degree at all, you know, beyond high school, you know, and it should have been more celebrated. I thought, you know, and I didn't get a card from anybody. I didn't get, you know, anything from anybody. I mean, there was no email, there was no telephone, like, you know, cell phones, nothing like that It was just normal landlines back then. But I mean, it was like nobody like cared about me, you know? And out of all the people I thought for sure she would be the one that would be there for me. And I remember thinking she wasn't, I was a little disappointed. I was actually really disappointed, but I knew it was her husband. It wasn't her because when I had a housewarming party, she was able to come and get out of whatever thing her husband wanted her to do instead. But So that was really, you know, I mean, she did, she tried when she did and, but we never had a fight. She was such a good person and had like a shitty deck or shitty hand dealt, you know, her way. The deck was stacked against her from the get-go and she muddled through and she did really good for herself. And she raised her daughter alone for 10 years. So she knew what I was going through, through, raising my own kids for 10 years alone. You know, it was, um, you know, pretty crazy that we had that in common. We had a lot of stuff in common. Um, you know, a lot more than she even knew actually. But anyway, I miss her and I love her. So I've been going through this, these moments of being very weepy about it and very sad and, you know, just kind of processing the emotions of it and told my kids and they knew her, you know, they'd seen her on a couple different occasions and, um, They didn't know her really well, but they were like, oh, man, you know. So, it was just, uh, it's just, you know, family stuff. So, that happened right, she died right when the solar eclipse was happening, which is so strange. And as soon as the solar eclipse was over, I had this overwhelming heat that just, after I had this shock and overwhelming emotional stuff, I had this heat just flooding through my body, like I'm standing underneath the sun on the hottest day in like Los Angeles, you know that kind of feeling. And yet my, you know, windows were open, and it was at night. It was like three in the morning actually, and it was very cold in here. And yet I was burning up and I was sweaty. I don't know if you guys went through that, but my God, the energy from that, I don't. It, it was crazy—the amount of radiation or whatever we were getting. I felt the energy of it flooding, just flooding through my body. It was nuts. And, um, and then right after that happened, um, actually the day—the day before, actually it was the day right before, like a few, maybe eight or nine hours before, another person that I had met um, a couple months ago, a two uh, towns over. Um, he's this really cool person and you know we talked a few times he's spiritual but he's not like hadn't had any major spiritual awakenings just a few small ones and he contacted me about the Mandela effect and because of our language barrier you know he does speak English but he like faltered in a couple things and he mistook a few things that I said and so he got really crazy angry at me and started like this fight with me randomly because he didn't understand a couple words and it had to keep going. No, but you don't understand. No, I didn't say that, but Oh my God, I didn't, you didn't know. <laughs> and, and he's like, you're telling me the Mandela effect is not real. I'm like, no, why would I do multiple shows over the past several years on the Mandela effect when it's absolutely real? It's absolutely true you know and anyway so we had this whole weirdness weird like miscommunication like nuts miscommunication but then after a couple hours he was like oh i get it now you are saying it's real i'm like yeah i said it was real the whole time <laughs> like you didn't get it and i had to start writing him in spanish cuz he didn't get me in english all of a sudden he like he started the conversation in english And then he got really confused and I was like, uh, no, I'm agreeing with you. (laughs) It was like, no honey. And then he's, and then I found out it was because he thought he was going crazy and he thought, and then he said, look, I've been having this Mandela effect thing happening to me since 2012 And he goes, it's been really big in my life, even like the small personal things plus things I remember about the world. And I tried to bring it up to my friends and they called me crazy. They said I was going nuts. And then I stopped bringing it up to people and I felt so alone. Like I didn't want to talk to anybody anymore about this because I thought maybe I am crazy and I felt really bad about myself and my self esteem and my confidence suffered because I thought my memory was shot. And he's like, I'm only 29. Like, what the hell? Like, you know what I mean? Or 30 something. Like, he's like, not very, you know, so he, he's like, I'm very young. So like, what the hell, you know, what's going on with my mind? So, um, I was like, no, Oh my God, honey. I'm like, don't worry. People all over the world. <laughs> you know. And I sent him, um, Mandela effects in Spanish. And then he's like, Oh, thank God you sent that to me. I go, I'm telling you, look on YouTube, you're going to find thousands upon thousands of videos about this because there's, you know, millions of people around the world experiencing this exact thing. And he was like, oh my God. So um, a few people contacted me this weekend that are starting to have these major spiritual awakenings, including things like the Mandela effect, quantum weirdness, time slips, time fluctuations, um, you know, hopping timelines. and not remembering what the hell's going on and just all this bullshit, you know, (laughs) which is actually kind of fun when you think about it because it's so quantum and it's weird. It's weird stuff. Anyway, so that was, so that happened. And then after, um, and I didn't know my aunt died when I was feeling the shock and the loss feeling until like, I don't know, 12 hours later. So I didn't even know. So I had this shock and loss feeling and I just started crying randomly and I was just like, fuck, I feel so bad. Something just fucking happened really bad and I didn't know what it was. And then all of a sudden, like an hour later, my body is being filled with this hot, hot heat energy and I'm like, what the hell? I I like kept feeling my forehead. My forehead felt cool. I don't have a fever. I felt hot and I was just, there's nothing I could do about it. It was like a hot flash but it lasted for hours and I don't get hot flashes like that. So I knew it was energy pouring in and then after that was done I had my uh my angel my archangel wings started feeling like they grew and they were massively heavy suddenly out of nowhere. And it was I felt them completely and strongly and it was just really intense and then after a while I went to bed and when I went to bed I felt my wings with me the whole night and then I felt like my body disappear completely like I'm now a light being I thought if I wake up in the morning I might not be in this bed I might not be in this dimension I think I'm somewhere else I just felt completely weird (laughs) it was just like what just like the way that that Star Trek, Star Trek clip that I played for you before I began officially the show that one minute clip from Deep Space Nine I was watching that tonight I'm like holy moly and they're saying that it's being caused by the sun the space weather shit so this is what I've been saying all along I'm sure that this is what we're going through This, I'm sure this is what we're going through you know, I'm sure it's the sun causing this, all of this stuff. The sun is going to propel us with its energy. It's crazy energy. And the more we accept the cosmic radiation into our body, the more we say, I am using this to boost myself up to ascend this world and transcend my body. And I am going to go up to whatever's next And I'm going to stop being a carbon based being. And I'm going to be like a diamond light rainbow body, crystalline light being at the end of this craziness that we're going through right now, this quantum weirdness, you know, I just, I mean, and I was experiencing it fully. I think I was floating. I I feel like my physical body dissolved and I just felt like I was a floating light being. That's what I felt for like my whole sleep right after this solar eclipse that's how I felt I mean I'm not saying that that's what happened I'm saying that's just how I felt it was really strange really strange like I couldn't feel my body anymore at all like if even if I tried to touch my legs or my arm or my face I couldn't I couldn't feel anything I couldn't feel it from my hand perspective or from my body perspective then I felt like I was just a light being that's it I don't have a body anymore okay <laughs> You know, that you know that song, it's a dead man's party. Leave your body at the door. <laughs> I felt like I just left my body like that. Is it? Le- no. <laughs> I left my body at the door. <laughs> uh, it's gone. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> That's how I, it was very, very weird. Just this whole weekend was weird. It felt like it went on and on and on and on. Even before I found out my aunt had died, I, I was just um, like, man, I was enjoying the movies I was watching. It was really strange. Another friend um, told me one thing and then did another, like his plans. I'm going to go to this woman's house for one hour and then I'm going to call you when I get home. Okay and then like two or three hours later he calls me and he's like surrounded by friends they're going out to the bar going dancing and didn't even bother to go see the woman he said he's going to He was like on her on his way to her house and then completely derailed his plans and called me and then asked me a couple questions and wouldn't even listen to me i think he had been drinking he was you know so it was like the drinking thing it was just like oh my god like what is wrong with people everybody was acting really odd. Like he interrupted me in the middle of a sentence to describe what I look like to this guy. I'm like, excuse me. I'm in the middle of a sentence. I have four more words to say to this guy. Cause I was explaining, um, something that he, he needed, he needed this guy to know this information that I had. And I'm like, I have four more words left to the sentence. And you're, like, talking over me and telling him that I'm a redhead. Like, what the hell? Can you just be quiet for, like, four more words, please? And then you could tell him. You could hang up and tell him what I look like. I don't care. It's not like I'm going to get together with a guy. Like, why are you describing my me to him? Like, it was just, like, weirdness. Like, weird shit like that. Like, what is going on? It was very, very weird. Um. So I... um. Of course, I turned to to Prime Creator in these moments, and I turned to God, and I just like, look, I need to have this conversation with you. So I wrote all this stuff out on my uh, my little app, and I told God about all of it. Like, look, this is what's going on. And um, I was feeling, for a a while, um, before I knew my aunt had died, I was feeling overwhelmed, lonely, empty, and really, really, really sad. And then I went to pick up the cat and we had a fight. I had a fight with the cat. And then I realized the cat is going through these Ascension symptoms. We're all going through this shit. (laughs) Even the animals, you know, I just felt more lonely. She wouldn't let me touch her. I was like, Oh, I just want to hang out with you, dude. I miss you. And she kind of bit me, but like, she didn't break the skin. It was like a more of a, a love bite slash warning. Like, don't, screw with me lady I'm trying to take a nap or whatever and we're okay now but it was everything was odd odd as hell um after I wrote all this stuff out I felt a lot better but let me see um two randos tried to pull me in on another Nigerian scam I torpedoed them immediately and deleted them (laughs) that was like (laughs) woohoo thank god um my leg got really weird and swollen i my uh, like extra water weight and allergies came on like you know one minute i'm fine 5 minutes later i'm sneezing my head off and i'm feeling like what the hell like um that kind of stuff has happened all weekend um it felt like spiritual warfare all around and lots of weird shit going down that's what i wrote <laughs> and that's exactly um you know, even like my son, I think my son, um, unfollowed me on Instagram. As soon as he found out I was a part of this Nigerian thing, a hacker scam thing. Like as soon as he found out that I w I wasn't a part of it, but that I was a party to it. I mean that, that they, um, hacked into and stole my account as soon as he found out he, I think he blocked me or somehow, I don't know what happened, but he made me unfollow him because he didn't want anything to do with it. He was just like, fuck that, you know? (laughs) And so I was like, I had like a complex for a little bit about that. Like I was super neurotic. Like maybe my son doesn't love me anymore, you know? And then as soon as he realized I had my account back, then we actually talked. So I was like, thank God it wasn't, it I was just like, I was like, I love my son and my daughter with all my heart. Like, why would he not want to talk to me anymore? And then I'm like, well, duh, it was the hacking thing. And he just like blocked me I think he blocked me and he unfollowed me or something. And then he unblocked or then he, uh, and then he, how do you un, unblock or he, you know, I suddenly wasn't blocked anymore, but also I was not following him anymore. And I'm like, what the hell? He made me unfollow him. And, and all the posts I had liked, um, were not liked by me anymore. I was like, what the hell? I liked all your posts. You know, I'm being supportive as a mom and how did he make me unlike his post? So it was very odd. Um, So for weeks, I've been, for the last two weeks, I've been having these weird repeating dreams that vacillate between my ex and my stepmom, my, my ex from like 25 years ago. He was a really toxic, horrible person. And um, also, um, unfortunately I have a pattern (sighs) pattern, you know how this is. You keep dating the same man in a different form over and over and over again, or or woman or whoever, until you realize your pattern. And then you break that toxic cycle, which thank God I did knock on wood. And I know the symptoms. If you guys have any problems with that, by the way, Kim go download her narcissistic um, abuse recovery kit and in there there's a boundaries worksheet and that saved my life honestly. Um now they put my boundaries up, I could tell within ten minutes if someone is toxic or not. It's really weird. A ten minute conversation with somebody and I already know if they're like a shithead <laughs> if they're a narcissist and what they're gonna do. It's really interesting. So um it's it, it just, it saved me a lot of heartache. I mean, I've had like been approached by like 10 or 15 people with this, uh, narcissist, um, personality disorder. Um, and I could tell within 10 minutes now and she's a, psycho- a psychologist and she trains people how to see it. It's really, really a trip. I'm like, Oh my God. Like I have a degree in psychology and they did not teach this in school. They talked about narcissistic personality disorder for like, mm, I would have to say two minutes. Maybe not even that much time was spent on it. It was one question on one test and that was it. I'm like, dude, we should have had like six weeks on this. You know, (laughs) it should have been, I mean, cause this is like, ah, this is like the one thing that would have saved me all of the heartache in the world that I had. (laughs) with bad relationships, you know? Um, Anyway, I was worried about being alone forever because, you know, as you do (laughs) when you're going through all this emotional shit anyway. um, I felt like I was having a midlife crisis kind of feeling. It was very, very weird. Um, And I was just like thinking about my kids a lot, thinking about my... It was weird that I was contacted by three separate exes. And out of those two of them were narcissists (laughs) and my first ex um, from when I was 16 years old, he's not, he's actually a total sweetheart, but I was feeling agoraphobic. I didn't want to leave the house. I had a very um, horribly sore throat that was swollen and I still have it today. Um, It was like really strange. So, okay, so this is what happened the next day. So after I found out that my aunt Margaret, um, like was dying during the solar eclipse right as soon as so i found that out the next day and i kind of put it the timetable that was about the time i felt the shock and the loss and holy shit this is going down and um the next day get this my aunt margaret was a locksmith and the next day my landlord broke his key off in the gate randomly he's like oh my god the key just broke off in the gate. This is so fucked, you know? Now we can't get in and out. We're like, how are we going to, you know, we, like now we, we, we're we not safe. Like we're not protected because that gate is the thing that keeps us from the world. And, you know, behind this gate, we're totally safe. It's a fortress. And now we don't have the freaking gate. You know, like the key broke off the lock. He's like, what the hell? And I'm like, that's weird. I'm like, well, use some bubble gum or something sticky like duct tape. And you could, um, loosen the key enough to pull it out enough to then use your needle nose pliers to pull it out. Or, um, you can use, if you don't have needle nose pliers, you could use, um, metal, um, uh, not tongs, but, uh, uh, when you pluck hairs out of your chin, you know, these, these little clipper thingies, um, they're not a clipper, Damn it, tweezers. So I'm like, yeah, you could do that. And he's like, how do you know how to do that? I'm like... I've had to do it before, you know, like a long time ago. My kids were really little. My husband broke the, he was angry. He was an Aries. He was angry at someone, someone dissed him or something in public. And he was like, how dare this man? And he was really angry. And he broke the key off the lock because of his anger. (laughs) So I had to be like MacGyvering the shit out of that lock to get the kids inside. I had to make them dinner. We all had to go to the bathroom. I'm like, oh my God, you know. So I'm like, I've, I've got some bubble gum in my purse. Hold on. Give me 10 minutes, you know, <laughs> and I had a MacGyver that shit, but I did. I got the key out of the lock and, you know, and he's like, well, I, I, I got the, I do have the key to go downstairs to open the garage. I'm like, go get your needle nose pliers. I know how to do this. And I've got tweezers in my purse. So, I mean, you know, we're going to be okay. We'll get it out. And we did. It was weird. It's, it's one of those scary things. What happens? You're like, oh my God. Oh my God, I'm just so, I can't get in and out of my house. I can't get in and out of my gate, you know, but you can MacGyver it. You can really actually get in your house. It's really cool. So that was weird, but it was weird because a key incident happened, right? Like the next day. And I felt like that was like my aunt somehow, you know, saying, Hey, I'm okay. Check it out. The key broke off the lock, but you knew how to fix it. You know, you're going to be fine. You know, it was, it, it was kind of a weird... I mean, it might not have anything to do with her, but it's a really freakishly coincidental timing. Very odd. Um, I thought it was a message, possibly, you know. Um, so, uh, those were the two things that happened, though. Like, I felt sick at that moment. Like, I felt so sad that something's going down in my life, and I don't know what it is, and something major like a shock or a loss just happened and I just I mean I knew it before anyone told me and I just sat here crying and I didn't know who I didn't know what I mean I thought maybe a nuclear bomb went off somewhere like I didn't that's how I felt like I was just like oh my god (sighs) no it was just my you know my aunt dying and I felt it and I don't know if she thought about me at the moment she died I don't know I know she doesn't know I'm the archangel of death. I mean, I know that's a fact. I don't think anyone in my family does unless they've heard my show. I mean, maybe she did. And maybe, you know, and on some level when she was dying, she knew, <laughs> you know, I found out at the moment of your birth and also at the moment of your death, there's a DMT experience in store for you. And I wonder now if she didn't have that. And, had some kind of flash or insider like a connection thinking about me. I don't know. I'm sure she thought she called my, my cousin who lives in Portland and my aunt was in LA. And I know she called her the night before. And and I, now everyone in the family thinks that she knew she was dying or was going to pass. She kind of had an inkling, but she didn't tell anybody. She just called her daughter and said, can you come, can you come down and see me? And, um, and then she and my aunt didn't make it to see her daughter one last time so it's very very sad but you know shit none of us get out of this bitch alive <laughs> like damn it it's so uh it's so like I don't know why it has to be so sad I mean I am the archangel of death and I still have problems with this it's so you know in my family too, we always celebrated death and we always had parties when people would die because we would celebrate the fact that now they get to be in heaven. They get to see all of our other family members that died and, and we're going to just celebrate who they were and who they were to us. And we sit around getting very, very drunk with each other and telling these wild and funny stories about the person. And it's always such a riot and so fun and, there's not even going to be a funeral. Um, the only person that would be in charge of that would be her daughter, and she doesn't have any money. And my aunt's going to be cremated, and that's that. And so we're all just kind of like, man, what are we going to do? You know, it's kind of crazy. But you know what? Life goes on, and I know I'm going to be okay. I'm just sad right now, guys. So, anyway. Um, I hope you guys got through this shit. I'm going to go tomorrow. I'm going to go over all of the Ascension symptoms that people have written about. um, You know, so I just told you my wild experiences, like people starting random fights and people like who pretend like they're my friend, like over years, but they don't really listen to me or get to really, truly know me. And, then they start accusing me of wild shit that I said or did that I did not say that I did not do or th- like assuming shit about my personality that's not even true at all <laughs> and you know and then this person who I don't really know very well and he doesn't know me very well he assumed I said something I didn't say I was like just read what I said I did I said the opposite of what you just said I said oh my god, it was like weird misunderstandings Just weird shit, man. Weird, 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 weird energy. (laughs) Anyway, um, let me tell you guys what's going on space weather-wise right now from spaceweather.com. The current solar wind speed is 493.8 kilometers per second. Yesterday, we were in a solar wind stream. I believe we still are, but it's slowing down quite a bit. It was over 511 yesterday kilometers per second, but it's less now. The far side solar activity is continuing right now during the past 24 hours. Multiple CMEs have billowed over the sun's southwestern limb. This is a sign of continued activity from the far side sunspot group. (laughs) That sounds like an investment firm. Um, come to the far side sunspot group. (laughs) We have cookies and meetings on Saturdays. (laughs) It's so weird. Anyway, it has been exploding quasi continuously since December 3rd. The earth side of the sun. Meanwhile, is very quiet. So, but uh, I did read uh, yesterday on this website that they believe it poses a threat of X class flare proportions when it comes back around our side we will find out <laughs> and that might be the end of the show I mean if we don't have internet <laughs> it might knock us out I don't know anyway um, there's an alignment of the planets we're gonna go over that probably tomorrow the Sun is gonna go down um, tonight or I guess yesterday and Venus Saturn Jupiter and the moon are all in alignment right now it's kind of a stellium a minor stellium of planets Um, it's really crazy I'm gonna go over what's going on with that tomorrow right now there is we're on Sunspot 14 AR 2904 it's a stable uncomplicated magnetic field facing us poses no strong threat for solar flares thank God especially after all the shit we've been through in the past two weeks damn it so um, we're still solar cycle 25 of course and the uh, neutron counts right now are high. They've gone up in the past uh, 48 hours by 0.1%. We're at 7.7% because we were bamboozled by a lot of energy coming in from that solar wind. So it's going to continue to rise as the solar wind continues to go down. Um, now, on December 6th, the uh, All Sky Fireball Network and NASA's All Sky cameras. Did report 21 fireballs over the United States that were spotted. 15 were sporadic. Four were Sigma hydrids. One was a November Omega Orionid and one was a Geminid. And um, that is our space weather news. Basically, um, this is weird. So now when I go to the Schumann Resonance News, um, DisclosureNews.it, I have... I had to pause this and reload this page like six times and apparently they have not updated jack shit since the 4th of December and there is a big black blank spot (laughs) so in Italy they cannot measure right now the Schumann resonance probably they were knocked out by that massive M class flare that uh, hit or is on the way of hitting that ultraviolet Light radiation, I think, preceded the, um, I don't know, I guess it's a CME or a blast. It was a blast. It was like a, I don't know. It, too much shit is going on right now. We had the CME. We had the solar w- wind, you know, in the in the typical normal radiation. Plus, we had um, this ultraviolet thing that is not normal, like, coming our way. Like, it was a massive blast. Of extremely intense ultraviolet light radiation that came our way from the other side of the Sun it's like whoa and it hit us and it knocked out radios and shit so all this stuff happened and apparently uh, the Shimon residence is just is no news for like the past two days from Italy and normally they update that like daily so uh, the Shimon Resonance News from heartmath.org they're always two days behind anyway so the only information and data we have from there is Saturday December 4th at the 2300 hour this is what was going on in California they were at 41 Hertz frequency Hofu, of Saudi Arabia as well as Northland and New Zealand are both at zero Lithuania was at 130 Hertz frequency Alberta Canada was at 59 Hertz frequency and last but not least, Hulu, Louis South Africa was at 383 Hertz frequency. Looks like they're on an upswing. And so we'll find out tomorrow where they went with that. <laughs> um, so, all right, that's it. I'm going to take a quick break. I, some weird, I, I didn't get to this uh, show because some weird shit was going down in my down. Um, they didn't stop the parades until like 1130 at night. Massive, Amounts of fireworks tonight everywhere. My cat was terrified. I didn't see her for hours. Um, But from like about seven o'clock and it was like five or six hours. I I would say a good five and a half hours. We had parades and insane music and the music just kept getting worse and worse and worse. I'm going to play a clip for you now. And then after um, I read uh, the Aquarian gospel for you guys, I'm going to play another clip and you're going to compare the two musics. It's like, it got worse. It's like, are they smoking crack? Is this a Catholic band on crack? I don't know. Anyway, I'm kidding. Of course, but, um, it was a crazy night. Anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to be right back right, uh, after this clip. And there you have it. That is what I am hearing from my living room. (laughs) And I'm like really far back on this lot. And I uh, live in a very tiny, tiny village. And I think that's a Catholic Church. I don't know what's going on, but I heard children singing Christmas music in Spanish earlier, which was awesome. It's almost 9 o'clock at night. And I have a feeling the celebrations are going to be going for a while. Earlier, we had fireworks, and this is just what it's like to live in South America, guys. I thought you might enjoy this strange little clip. (laughs) Welcome to my world here in Ecuador. All right, guys, so I've been waiting for like an hour for this tablet to charge up. It was at 49% and I talked to a couple people on Instagram announced down to 41% and it's been plugged in the whole time. It's like, I just, I don't even know what's going on with this. Anyway, I'm going to go for it anyway while we're plugged in. We'll see what happens usually it charges really rapidly when I'm um, talking to you guys for the show. So I don't know. Hopefully it'll be okay. (laughs) Just seems like our reality is just fluctuating in so many weird ways these days. You know, things are doing the opposite of what they should be doing. (laughs) It's very, very weird. Okay. Um, We're reading the Aquarian Gospel of Jesus the Christ. Um, I believe we're on part 13. The number 13's been coming up a lot for me lately, and it means death, and I just had a death in my family. Obviously, you know about this because I just talked about it for the first hour. But um, it also means transformation and change. So we'll see what this uh, book has in store for us when I asked Prime Creator about this I got that about two percent of the book was kind of like made up by the people viewing the Akashic Records and not really made up not like you know in a sinister way or anything like that It, it was more of their expectation of what was said or done so keep it in mind as we Move forward on it, but 98% of it is accurate from the Akashic record, and like 2% is like there's saying things that, and when it feels weird or wrong, I'm going to tell you, I don't know, and then I'm going to ask Prime Creator right then and there. <laughs> so, um, I don't read books like books on tape, I will read a book, but then. I will say wait a minute <laughs> let me ask Prime Creator about this because I and my father are one and have been since 2007 the way that Jesus was um, you know one with the when Prime Creator or God or Father in heaven whatever you want to say um, you know also he he was much better channeler than I was of the God energy but I'm doing my best guys and um you know, we'll see where we're at. We left off at chapter eighty-five last week, so that's where we're going to begin now. Uh, the Aquarian Gospel of Jesus the Christ um, is about. It's, it's over a hundred years old and it's been around for a long, long time in the New Age and New Thought community. So. Um, Anyway, that's where it is. It's an, an old book, and we like to visit the old books to see what they knew then and how it relates to us now. A lot of it is actually coming to pass now, stuff that uh, Yeshua said back then. It's actually finally happening now, but even 2,000 years ago, he was just like you know, basically telling us how to do what we need to do to get to where we need to be. He ascended back in the day, 2,000 years ago, you know he's telling us how to ascend you know the ascension isn't just everybody at once is gonna hop on over to another planet or another dimension and it's gonna be totally different it's it's an individual thing we're doing it collectively together but it's like we're walking single file on a road and we're helping each other and we're doing it together but we're also doing it individually (laughs) and we're not going to be hopping over to another planet or to whatever. I mean, as far as I know, it's just going to be, you know, you're going to ascend when you're ready, when you're good and ready, you might ascend before me, you know, or a week after me or three weeks before me, you know, it could, it's, it's all individual, but the time is at hand where we're going to physically bring our bodies up. Boom, boom, boom to that vibrational level. We're going to be where we are now. We're just going to be a little bit more in touch with the internal love and the Christ consciousness inside us. So here we go. Chapter 85. John, the harbinger, censors Herod for his wickedness. Herod sends him to prison in Machaerus. Machaerus, I don't know, M-A-C-H-A-E-R-U-S. Macharis. We'll just say, we'll just call it Macaris. Um, Jesus tells why God permitted the imprisonment of John. So here we go. Herod Antipas, Antipas, A-N-T-I-P-A-S. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how to say this. Uh, Dagnabbit. Her, Herod Antipas, the Tetrarch of Paraka and of Galilee, was dissipated, selfish and tyrannical. Dissipated? That that means he like dissolved, right? And what is dissipated? Maybe there's another meaning I'm unaware of uh, or changed meaning over the past hundred years. maybe this is a Mandela effect of the word dissipated. I don't know. I mean, he was selfish and tyrannical though, for sure. For sure. Anyway. Um, so here we go. Herod. He drove his wife away from home that he might take as wife. Herodias, the wife of one, a near of kin Ew. 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 A near of kin. I think that means she's like his cousin. Oh, God. Oh, oh, I'm kind of sick to my stomach now. Anyway, a woman like himself, immoral and unjust. The city of Tiberius, upon the shores of Galilee was Herod's home. And just mentioning this note note aside James T Kirk T stands for Tiberius (laughs) just want to throw that out there. (laughs) I mean, this is, you know, there's like a a sub theme throughout this episode uh, of star Trek. So with the clip and now this, the city of Tiberius upon the shores of Galilee was Herod's home. Now John the harbinger had left the Salim Springs to teach the people by the Sea of Galilee, and he rebuked the wicked ruler and his stolen wife for all their sins. Herodias was enraged because a preacher dared accuse her and her husband of their crimes. Like he he, he you know, he was Captain Obvious, I guess. He just, <laughs> he just pointed out the shit that everyone knew they were doing but he, he um, had balls and he just spoke out loud I love John John's cool <laughs> and she prevailed on Herod to arrest the harbinger and cast him in a dungeon of the castle of of Maturus that stood beside the bitter sea aptly named <laughs> the bitter sea Cast him into the dungeon next to the bitter sea. Ugh. And Herod did as she required. Then she lived in peace in all of her sins, for none were bold enough to censor her again. The followers of John were warned to speak not of the trial and imprisonment of John by order of the court they were restrained from teaching in the public halls they could not talk about this better life that Herod called the heresy of John when it was known that John had been imprisoned by the tetrarch court the friends of Jesus thought it best that he should not remain in Galilee but Jesus said I have no need of fear my time has not yet come no man can stay me till my work is done. And when they asked why God permitted Herod to imprison John, he said, behold, yon stock of wheat. When it has brought the grain to perfectness, it is of no more worth. It falls becoming part of earth again from which it came. John is a stock of golden wheat. He brought unto maturity the richest grain of all the earth. His work is done. If he had said another word, it might have marred the symmetry of what is now a noble life. I think that's a little rude. <laughs> yeah, my cousin, well he brought me about now well he's done. Yeah, he's just a stock of wheat. That's kind of rude. I don't think he meant it to be rude, but it, reading it now, you know, 2,000 years later, it's a little on the rude side of me. <laughs> they, they, both of these guys were my cousins. I was in that life, you know, but so I know he wasn't a rude person, but it was just, that's kind of weird. <clears throat> I mean, he's probably right, but weird. It's a weird way to put it, right? I love John. John's cool, man. Anyway, uh, so let's continue. He's uh, so Jesus is saying, and when my work is done, the rulers will do unto me what they have done to John and more. True, true. That is absolutely true. All of these events are part of God's own plan. The innocent will suffer while the wicked are in power. But woe to them who cause the suffering of the innocents, you know the innocent is still suffering while the wicked are in power you know it just seems like wicked people are the ones that want to be in power while the innocent people do not really care either way about power like that power over others I mean it's just it's like a common theme throughout you know I would have to say earth's history not just at that time anyway chapter 86 the Christines are in Nazareth Nazareth Jesus speaks in the synagogue he offends the people and they attempt to kill him alright well, I see where I get it from my my good old cousin there <laughs> you know what it sounds like he, he was a um, Jesus was a rabble rouser you know, it's why they eventually did kill him. He, he was also, he's, um, Heyoka shaman, you know, he says stuff that brings out, it just brings out more information. And he just says stuff that like really causes people to think. And some of his stuff was funny. <laughs> oh, he, he was a Heyoka shaman. I just realized that he offends people everywhere he goes. he doesn't I mean I think he kind of means to but he just he I think it's natural it's just something that naturally happens and muscle testing says yes I think you know the so creators like yeah he it was just like a natural way of being his natural way of being offended people <laughs> but it's, it's basically his way of being offended people because he was a mirror to them and they were able to see themselves and they're like did not like what the reflection was telling them <laughs> And that's, that's what a Hayoka does anyway. So he mysteriously disappears and returns to the synagogue. So let's go with this. Let's go. Chapter 86. The Christians were in Nazareth. It was the Sabbath day and Jesus went up to the synagogue. The keeper of the books gave one to Jesus and he opened it and read the spirit of the Lord has overshadowed me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor to set the captives free to open sightless eyes, to bring relief to those oppressed and bruised and to proclaim the year of Jubilee has come. And when he had read these words, he closed the book and said, this scripture is fulfilled before your eyes this day. The year of Jubilee has come the time when Israel shall bless the world and then he told them many things about the kingdom of the Holy One about the hidden way of life about forgiveness of sins now many people knew not who the speaker was and others said is not this Joseph's son does, his, does not his mother live on Marmion Way and one spoke out and said this is a man who did such mighty works in Cana in Capernaum and in Jerusalem and then the people said physician heal yourself do here among your kindred all the mighty works that you have done in other towns and Jesus said no prophet is received with honor by the people of his native land and prophets are not sent to everyone Elijah was a man of God he had the power and he closed the gates of heaven and it did not rain for 40 months and when he spoke the word the rain came on the earth brought forth again and there were many widows in the land, but this Elijah went to none but Zarephath. Zare, Z-A-R-E-P-H-A-T-H. Zarephath. Zarephath. That's a strange name. I've never heard of this. But Zarephath. And she was blessed. And when Elisha lived, lo, many lepers were in Israel but none were cleansed save one, the Syrian who had faith is spelled uh, like the country Syria. S Y R I A N. You have no faith. You seek for signs to satisfy curious whims, your curious whims, but you shall see not till you open up your eyes of faith. And then the people were enraged. They rushed upon him. They bound him down with cords and took him to a precipice not far away. They were intent to cast him down to death. What the heck? These people are in the synagogue. These are like... Oh my God. (laughs) I mean... They were intent to kill him. So like, was Moses stuttering when he said thou shalt not kill. These are people in like on, you know, like they're in church. They're, they're in the synagogue. They're like there to, you know, think about God and this is how they act. What the heck? Oh my God. Anyway, let's move on with the rest of this uh, chapter. Okay, so it goes on. But when they thought they held him fast, he disappeared. Unseen, he passed among the angry men and went his way. The people were confounded and they said, What manner of a man is this? And when they came again to Nazareth, they found him teaching in the synagogue. (laughs) (laughs) wow I don't remember this story in the Bible (laughs) they troubled him no more for they were sore afraid (laughs) Uh, okay chapter 87 the Christines go to Cana Jesus heals a noble man's child The Christines go to Capernaum. Jesus provides a spacious home for his mother. Aw, so sweet. Aw, what a good son. I love him. He announces his intention to choose 12 apostles. Okay. In Nazareth, Jesus taught no more. He went with his disciples up to Cana, where at a marriage feast, he once turned water into wine. And here he met a man of noble birth, whose home was in Capernaum, whose son was sick. The man had faith in Jesus's power to heal. And when he learned that he had come to Galilee, he went in haste to meet him on the way. The man met Jesus at the seventh hour, and he entreated him to hasten to Capernaum to save his son but Jesus did not go he stood aside in silence for a time and then he said your faith has proved a healing balm your son is well the man believed and went his way toward Capernaum and as he went he met a servant from his home who said my lord you need not haste your son is well The father asked, when did my son begin to mend? The servant said, on yesterday, about the seventh hour, the fever left. And then the father knew it was the healing balm that Jesus sent to save his son. In Cana, Jesus tarried not. He went his way with his disciples to Capernaum, where he secured a spacious house where with his mother he could live where his disciples might repair to hear the word he called the men who had confessed their faith in him to meet him in his home which his disciples called the school of Christ and when they came he said to them this gospel of the Christ must be proclaimed in all the world this Christine vine will be a mighty vine whose branches will comprise the peoples, tribes, and tongues of all the earth. I am the vine. Twelve men shall be the branches of the stalk, and these shall send forth branches everywhere. And from among the people who have followed me, the holy breath will call the twelve. Go now and do your work as you have done your work, but listen for the call. Then the disciples went unto their daily tasks to do their work as they had done. And Jesus went alone into the Hamath Hills to pray. Three days and nights he spent communing with the silent brotherhood Then in the power of the Holy breath, he came to call the 12. Okay. Okay. That's the end of the chapter. All right. This is really interesting. The silent brotherhood. Three days and nights he spent communing with the silent brotherhood. Okay. I'm going to tell you guys something that I don't believe I've ever mentioned before. I'm asking God if it's okay if I bring it up. Yeah. Okay. Um, as Uh, Some of you know who have listened to me for a long time. You know that I've attended a couple different mystery schools. And in one of these mystery schools, they talked about this, the silent brotherhood situation. They, They said that, in fact, when you start, you have to go through an initiation, but you're all by yourself and you're in your place and you light a candle and I'm not going to go through all of the rituals because it's a secret. But they do say that as you focus your attention, the silent brotherhood will be standing behind you. And you will feel them. You will feel their love. You feel them. What the silent brotherhood is they never said they just said they're there what I take it to mean is they are also spiritual seekers um, they are dis incarnate they're in disincorporeal they're not in their body form they're probably in another dimension in, in heaven or whatever and they come to anybody who is a real spiritual seeker who wishes to commune with them and they will gently lead you to um, insights and conclusions, and they will help you and they help you uh, raise your vibration. They um, help you focus your energy and they help you to feel your unity and your at one or otherwise known as atonement. You're at one with God and um, all of humanity as well as, all things in creation. So just wanted to mention that <laughs> I'm like really shocked about this. He spent three days and nights communing with the silent brotherhood and they're silent. Cause they, they just, they, they're like standing behind you. I perceived them when I have felt them, I have perceived them as wearing white robes with humongous hoods that completely uh, obscure their faces because the faces their names who they are is not important what is important is that communion that um, being in union together in the in the same um, with the same purpose of being at one with the divine and that's it that's enough because it's a lot anyway uh see <laughs> told you guys I don't just read through I, I will comment on things and it's a good thing because you guys might not have heard of that before. So here we go. It's interesting they're saying the holy breath and not the Holy Spirit just wanted to point that out. in the power of the holy of holy breath he came to call the 12. So interesting. Chapter 88 we'll see who he picks. <laughs> Jesus walks bes- or, I said beside. No. Okay, Jesus walks by the sea, stands in a fishing boat and speaks to the people. Under his direction, the fishermen secure a great catch of fish. He selects and calls his 12 apostles. So he was calling them disciples and now he's calling them di- apostles. I may want to look into these words, the meanings thereof. I thought it was interchangeable. Now I'm thinking it might be something more beside the sea of Galilee. The Christine master walked and multitudes of people followed him. The fishing boats had just come in and Peter and his brother waited in their boats. Their helpers were ashore repairing broken nets and jesus went into a boat and peter pushed it out a little ways from the shore and jesus standing in the boat spoke to the multitude he said isaiah prophet of the lord of hosts looked forward and he saw this day he saw the people standing by the sea and he exclaimed the land of zebulon and naphtali land beyond the jordan and toward the sea the gentle Galilee the people were in darkness knowing not the way but lo, they saw the day star rise the light streamed forth they saw the way of life they walked therein and you are blessed beyond all people of the earth today because you first may see the light and may become the children of the light then Jesus said to Peter bring your nets aboard and put out in the deep and Peter did as Jesus bade him do but in a faithless way he said this is a useless trip there are no fish upon the shore of Galilee today with Andrew I have toiled all night and taken not but Jesus saw beneath the surface of the sea he saw a multitude of fish He said to Peter, cast out your net upon the right side of the boat. And Peter did as Jesus said, and lo, the net was filled. It scarce was strong enough to hold the multitude of fish. And Peter called to John and James who were nearby for help. And when the net was hauled to boat, both boats were well nigh filled with fish. When Peter saw the heavy catch, he was ashamed of what he had said, ashamed because he had no faith. And he fell down at Jesus's feet and said, Lord, I believe. And Jesus said, behold, the catch from henceforth, you shall fish no more for fish. You shall cast forth the Christine net into the sea of human life upon the right side of the boat. You shall ensnare the multitudes to holiness and blessedness and peace now when they reached the shore the christine master called to Peter, Andrew, James and John and said you fishermen of Galilee the masters have a mighty work for us to do and you may follow me and they left it all and followed him and Jesus walked along the shore and seeing Philip and Nathaniel walking on the beach he said to them You teachers of Bethsaida who long have taught the people Greek philosophy. The masters have a higher work for you and me to do. I go and you may follow me. And then they followed him a little farther on there stood a Roman tribute house and Jesus saw the officer in charge. His name was Matthew who once abode in Jericho the youth who once ran on before the Lord into Jerusalem and said behold the Christines come and Matthew was a man of wealth and learned in wisdom of the Jews the Syrians and the Greeks and Jesus said to him hail Matthew trusted servant of the Caesars hail the masters call us to the tribute house of souls I go and you may follow me and Matthew followed him Iscariot and a son whose name was Judas were employed by Matthew and were at the tribute house. And Jesus said to Judas, Stay your work. The masters call us to a duty in the savings bank of souls. I go and you may follow me. And Judas followed him. And Jesus met a lawyer who had heard about the Christine master and had come from Antioch to study in the school of Christ. This man was Thomas, man of doubt and yet a Greek philosopher of culture and of power. But Jesus saw in him the lines of faith and said to him, The masters have a need of men who can interpret law. I go and you may follow me. And Thomas followed him. And when the evening came and Jesus was at home, behold, there came his kindred. James and Jude the sons of Alphaeus and Miriam and these were men of faith and they were carpenters of Nazareth and Jesus said to them behold for you have toiled with me and with my father Joseph building houses for the homes of men the masters call us now to aid in building homes for souls homes built without the sound of hammer axe or saw I go and you may follow me and James and Jude exclaimed Lord we will follow you and on the morrow Jesus sent a message unto Simon leader of the Zel- Zelotes Zelotes I don't know Z-E-L-O-T-E-S Zelotes Zelotes it's not Spanish so I don't know Zealots. Zealots. I don't think it's zealots z-e-l-o-t-e-s maybe it is zealots I don't know a strict exponent of the Jewish law so Simon also was an exponent of the law and in the message Jesus said the masters call for men to demonstrate the faith of Abraham I go and you may follow me and Simon followed him. All right. So, um I'm looking at this um uh, There was something in here I wanted to point out. The homes built without sound of hammer Axer or saw that's called the aditum, adytum a d y t u m it's not mentioned here oh the masters who are the masters these are the masters of light these are the um, the silent brotherhood the masters of light so in all of the books we read the three books of um the life and teaching of the masters of the far east these are the same people i believe but these are the ones that have not left earth although they do commune in a higher dimensional plane of existence. And so that's how they can like leave. They could go come and go at at will and traverse long distances in just a matter of seconds with their minds because they are masters. They have mastered the self. They have done all their shadow work. They've done everything. And now they could just, you know, move on. To bigger and better things basically miracles occur every day because they are in touch with the higher science of mind and they have complete faith and belief and they are one with God these are the spiritual masters of light several of whom I've channeled for you guys over the past several years so um, Jesus is one of them or Yeshua I call him Yeshua So anyway, uh, here we go with uh, chapter 89. The 12 apostles are at Jesus's home and are consecrated to their work. Jesus instructs them. He goes to the synagogue on the Sabbath and teaches. He casts an unclean spirit out of one obsessed. He heals Peter's mother-in-law. So here we go. That's, that's the foreshadowing what's to come now on the day before the Sabbath day, the 12 disciples who had received the call were met with one accord in Jesus home. And Jesus said to them, this is the day to consecrate yourselves unto the work of God. So let us pray. Turn from the outer to the inner self close all the doors of carnal self and wait the holy breath will fill this place and you will be baptized in holy breath and then they prayed a light more brilliant than the noonday sun filled all the room and tongues of flame from every head rose high in air the atmosphere of Galilee was set astir a sound like distant thunder rolled above Capernaum and men heard songs as though 10,000 angels joined in full accord holy moly Holy Moses. I don't know what this is, guys. Um, I'm just going to keep reading it. Tongues of flame from every head rose high in air. I mean, I don't think it's actual flames. It's not like they caught fire. It's um, a metaphor for something else maybe maybe it's kundalini raising which is electrical in nature it is very much like fire it has been called the divine fire okay let's just keep moving on and if I have any more insight into that statement I will definitely let you guys know I have heard songs I have meditated and communed with God and I have heard singing like what they described. 10,000 angels, not so much, but I have heard singing of what I could describe as Native American elders, and I have heard singing that what can be described as angels, maybe not 10,000 of them, but I have heard that as well. But this distant thunder rolled. Across the sky and then they heard the songs wow I mean you know this is all predestined (laughs) so I mean all of nature did I'm sure stand up and take note of this great meeting you could just feel it in the air when something major is about to go down you know that is crazy. All right, let's move on and read more. This is really interesting. And then the 12 disciples heard a voice, a still small voice. And just one word was said, a word they dared not speak. It was the sacred name of God alright by the way wanted to point out (laughs) and then we'll move on because this is getting really good here the still small voice is exactly how God speaks to you it's not a big booming voice coming out of the clouds it's not a man appearing on a throne with a long ass beard you know like ZZ Top (laughs) in the air it's not like that when you meditate and you do it long enough and you hold your faith and you hold your attention and you have mastery over yourself over your physical body over your mind you're able to focus that's when you start to hear God's voice and it's very very faint you could barely hear it at first And then, you know, eventually you have like this inner stirring and this inner knowing and now, oh my God, I'm hearing the voice of God. And it's so gentle and so sweet. And it's not always, it's not, it's not loud. It's not the loudest voice, even in your head. It's just very small, the still small voice. So it is very cool. It says that right there. All right, let's go on. Let's move on. And so I'll read that part again because it's important for the next part. (laughs) So the 12 disciples heard a voice, a still small voice. And just one word was said, a word they dared not speak. It was the sacred name of God. And Jesus said to them, by this omnific word you may control the elements and all the powers of air and when within your souls you speak this word you have the keys of life and death of things that are of things that were of things that are to be Behold, you are the twelve great branches of the Christine vine, the twelve foundation stones, the twelve apostles of the Christ. As lambs, I send you forth among wild beasts, but the omnific word will be your buckler and your shield. And then again, the air was filled with song and every living creature seemed to say, praise God amen the next day was the sabbath day and Jesus went with his disciples to the synagogue and there he taught the people said he teaches not as do the scribes and pharisees but as a man who knows and has authority to speak as Jesus spoke a man obsessed came in The evil spirits that obsessed the man were of the baser sort. They often threw their victim to the ground or in the fire. Well, that's horrible. And when the spirit saw the Christine master in the synagogue, they knew him and they said, You son of God, why are you here? Would you destroy us by the word before our time? We would have naught to do with you. Let us alone. Okay, I'm going to ask God. All right, God says they didn't say, you son of God, why are you here? They did not say that. Did they say, would you destroy us? Yeah, they, the rest of it they said. Yeah, I'm doing muscle testing. See, that's part of that 2%. They didn't say, you son of God, why are you here? They didn't say that, so. I had a, I had a weird feeling about that when I read that. I'm like, no, that didn't feel genuine almost feels like they're pushing an agenda the person who or or maybe it's just their own subconscious mind adding stuff but I don't know I'm muscle testing this whole book by the way not just this part <laughs> is i keep asking God in, in my mind is this true is this is this what happened <laughs> I really want to be like clear on what happened so and I do notice that most of these stories are stories that are actually in the Bible. So it, it seems like they didn't really look into the things that happened in between these stories too, too much. Some of the stories are new to us. If we've never read this book before, because they're not in the Bible, but a lot of them are just along the lines of what was in the Bible. But I'm sure there were things that like we could even find out if we seek the Akashic records ourselves. I'm sure there are times that we can check it when, you know, but I mean, but his travels, I mean, they, they did uncover quite a bit. They did a great job with this, actually. All right. Um. Here, all right. Let me see. <sighs> so Jesus is now talking to these uh, evil spirits. So, but Jesus said to them, by the omnific word, I speak, come out, torment this man no more, go to your place. And then the unclean spirits threw the man upon the floor and with a fiendish cry, they went away and Jesus lifted up the man and said to him, if you will keep your mind full occupied with good The evil spirits cannot find a place to stay. They only come to empty heads and hearts. Go on your way and sin no more. The people were astonished at the words that Jesus spoke, the work he did. They asked among themselves, who is this man? From whence comes all this power that even unclean spirits fear and flee away? the christine master left the synagogue with peter andrew james and john he went to peter's house where one a near of kin was sick and peter's wife came in it was her mother who was sick and jesus touched the woman as she lay upon her couch he spoke the word the fever ceased and she arose and ministered to them the neighbors heard what had occurred and Then they brought their sick and those obsessed and Jesus laid his hands upon them on them and they were healed. Okay. It doesn't say what God's name is here. Just that they were afraid to say it, but I am maybe guessing it was Y. W. H. No. Y, H, W, H. So <laughs> fill in the vowels. yod hey wah are the words. My, uh, I was just, in fact, that's funny because um, the name of God or the, you know, this, when my aunt Margaret, it was a big scandal when she became Jewish. In fact, it was the biggest scandal to rock our family. You know, for me, I was okay with it. I was really curious about the religion. I wanted to know everything possible about all of the religions. You know, I was raised Catholic and then later Lutheran and I was very curious about it. What's the difference? What's the difference between all of these? They all supposedly love Jesus and, you know, worship him, which God said not to do. So I kind of felt like they're all in the wrong, but okay. (laughs) You know, but, um, my, aunt was wearing a star of David and a necklace that said, um, why and my first boyfriend when I was 16 years old, he and I met for the first time we ever laid eyes on each other was at my neighbor's house, Linda's house. And it was when my aunt had become Jewish and he, my first boyfriend was also Jewish. And so I remember like kind of sticking those things in my mind at the same time, like, wow. Okay. It's very interesting. Suddenly I'm surrounded by Jewish people. I need to know more about this stuff somehow. And I ended up in a mystery school where I learned, um, about the Hebrew alphabet and that's what I needed to know. So it was one of those things. that was like stuck in my mind. You know, my, my aunt brought to me the awareness of some of the symbols of this religion, which is very sacred. These symbols are very sacred. So I just thought I'd bring that up. That's it's very, very interesting. So we're going to read one more chapter and then we're done for the night. So chapter 90. So um, I'll make sure I read the Yeah. Okay. Chapter 90. Jesus goes alone to a mountain to pray. His disciples find him. He calls the 12 and they journey through Galilee teaching and healing at Tiberius. Jesus heals a leper. The Christine's return to Capernaum in his own home. Jesus heals a palsied man and makes known the philosophy of healing and the forgiveness of sins. The Christine master disappeared. No one saw him go and Peter, James, and John set forth to search for him. They found him at his trysting place out on the Hammoth Hills. That's a weird word to put there. Trysting, I don't think it's probably not what it means now. Uh, When I think of tryst, I think of having a sexual affair. (laughs) I mean, whether it's with someone you love or not, a tryst is to me that I don't know if that's what it means 2,000 years ago, though or if this was even the correct word, (laughs) it wasn't the correct word. It was something else. Um, his, I know it's like a meditational place, but trying place or something like that. And they put trysting anyway. It's anyway, is nonetheless? It's in the Hammoth Hills. And Peter said, the city of Capernaum is wild. The people crowd the streets and every public place is filled. The men, the women, and the children everywhere are asking for the man who heals by will. Your home and our homes are filled with people who are sick. They call for Jesus who is called the Christ. What will we say to them? And Jesus said, a score of other cities call and we must take the bread of life to them. Go call the other men and let us go. And Jesus and the twelve went to Bethsaida, where Philip and Nathaniel dwelt, and there they taught. The multitudes believed on Christ, confessed their sins, and were baptized, and came into the kingdom of the Holy One. Then Christine the Christine master and the twelve went everywhere, through all the towns of Galilee, and and taught, baptizing all who came in faith and who confessed their sins. They opened blinded eyes, unstopped deaf ears, drove forth the evil ones from those obsessed, and healed disease of every kind. And they were in Tiberias by the sea, and as they taught, a leper came anear and said, Lord, I believe, but if you will but speak the word, I will be clean. And Jesus said to him, I will be clean and soon the leprosy was gone the man was clean and Jesus charged the man say not to anyone but go and show yourself unto the priests and offer for your cleansing what the law demands the man was wild with joy but then he went not to the priests But in the marts of trade, and everywhere he told what had been done. And then the sick in throngs pressed hard upon the healer and the twelve, imploring to be healed. And so they were and they were so importunate. What? I've never heard of this word. It's like fortunate mixed with important. Importunate. Importunate. Okay, that's a brand new word for me. All right, well, let's just push through. <laughs> and they were so importunate that little could be done. And so the Christians left the crowded thoroughfares and went to desert places where they taught the multitudes that followed them. Now, after many days, the Christians came back to Capernaum when it was noised around, <laughs> that Jesus was at home, the, the people came. They filled the house till there was no more room, not even at the door. And there were present scribes and Pharisees and doctors of the law from every part of Galilee and from Jerusalem. And Jesus opened up for them the way of life. Four men brought one, a palsied man, upon a cot. And when they could not pass the door, they took the sick man to the roof. And opened up a way then let him down before the healers face and when Jesus saw their faith he said unto the palsied man my son be of good cheer your sins are all forgiven and when the scribes and Pharisees heard what he said they said why does this man speak thus who can forgive the sins of men but God and Jesus caught their thought He knew they questioned thus among themselves. He said to them, why reason thus among yourselves? What matters it? If I should say your sins are blotted out or say arise, take up your bed and walk. But just to prove that men may here forgive the sins of men. I say, and then he spoke unto the palsied man. Arise, take up your bed, and go your way. And in the presence of them all, the man arose, took up his bed, and went his way. The people could not comprehend the things they heard and saw. They said among themselves, This is a day we can never forget. This is a day we never can forget. We have seen wondrous things today. And when the multitudes had gone, the twelve remained. And Jesus said to them, The Jewish festival draws near, Next week, we will go to Jerusalem and that we may meet our brethren from afar and open up to them the way that they may see the King. The Christians sought the quiet of their homes where they remained in prayer for certain days. And that's the end of today's reading guys. Uh, section XVI. Ain. Ain is going to be next week. The second annual epoch of the christine ministry of jesus we'll start with chapter 91 next monday so this is very interesting isn't it gives us a little bit more clue the word the name of god has the power of 186,000 miles per hour it's the speed of light literally that's what ray who is one of my listeners told me he also is an archangel incarnate. And he did the research and found that. And it was like, woo, speed of light. Hmm. That's what's healing people. God's name. Very interesting, isn't it? The name they dared not speak because it is so powerful. So that's another clue for us. <laughs> there it is. All right, guys, um, I wanted to tell you, thank you for those of you who have already uh, poured out your love and light to me about my aunt dying and and all the other things that I've been going through for the past several weeks, all the trials and the tests and the tribulations. But I remain steadfast steadfast in my faith and my love with God. Brother Yeshua is ever with me when I ask. He's here. Mahavatar Babaji as well. I'm with, I walk with the masters. They walk with me more like, um, (laughs) in in prime Creator. God is always in me and always with me. I'm okay. Going to be okay. We're all going to be okay. I'll help you guys as much as I can. I'm here for you. I love you guys so much. And so I'm doing the show. I'm putting it out there. It's free. You know, you're getting the info for free. I'm giving you the clues as I'm getting them myself. If I ever make a mistake, I will turn around and correct it in front of you guys. I'm not afraid to be wrong or whatever. You know, I just do what I do and I do it to the best of my ability. Um, I want to learn as much as you guys do. So I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much. I'm glad we're on this Ascension journey together. Um, We're together and yet we ascend separate. As you all know, Um, it's interesting though, right? So interesting. Anyway, in any event, I will be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming, just like always. But until then, I'm signing off with peace and joy. And the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. Till next time, guys, peace. Hey, guys, I've been making episodes of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast for a while now. And many of you have contacted me wondering just how you can support me and my podcast. Well, I have two solutions for this question. Number one is to become a listener supporter in which you go to the anchor app, locate my channel and sign up anywhere from 99 cents to $9 and 99 cents monthly and you can stop anytime or number two is to make a one-time donation of any amount via Zelle bank to bank or through PayPal using my email mermaid girl 888 at gmail.com also located in the show description. Now with this option, you aren't, uh, obligated monthly in any way. And you're also not limited. Thank you all so much in advance for your support. Let's keep metaphysical soul speak on the air and onward and upward to the fifth dimension together, guys. Thank you.